and welcome to episode 32 of Saddlecast for this season. Myself, Ollie, and Glyn, as always. No guests this week, Glyn, but two games to cover and plenty of us to discuss. Yeah, it's been a it's been a positive week overall, I suppose, with with four points from from six possible points, and um, you know, sort of moving up the table um, and a very encouraging performance against Doncaster. So, yeah, we, we've been begging for weeks, haven't we, Ollie, to come back on the podcast and talk about some positives. And um, you know, maybe the worm has turned a little bit, but just tinged with a little bit of disappointment after what happened against Wimbledon. So, yeah, sort of another interesting week, Ollie. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I. Um, was thinking that just as we were getting ready to start, you know, what's the context? Well, the context is is that we've got we we won a game and we drew and we went unbeaten in five, yep. um, which is kind of the context of where we are. And would I have taken that last Sunday? Yeah, probably would have done. Probably would have expected a point against Doncaster and the win against Wimbledon, but you take what you can get. Yeah, exactly. And and with other teams not really picking any points up around us, it's it's enabled us to move up the table. And you know, we'll, we'll come to it at the end of the of the of the the game on Saturday that we just had but you know there was an opportunity to go up as far as 12th I think wasn't there so clearly it's an incredibly congested table now um, but I think it's probably worth covering that when we've, we've summed up the games Ollie yeah. but yeah it's 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 I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive but we're just with a tinge of resent not resentment but just a tinge of you still got that worry at the back of your mind but after what you said last week on the podcast Ollie, I, you're not going to stop worrying until we mathematically can't be relegated so no. <laughs> that's, so that's fair enough no <laughs> So, um, first game is Doncaster. Um, you couldn't attend that because you're injured at the moment. Yes. Um, I was there. It was my birthday. And it seemed like the footballing gods were um, kind of smiling down at me. <laughs> um, Paul, um, um, Sam Ricketts said that um, the, goal, the goal was charmed. And that's why we didn't concede. So it did feel like that at one point. But yeah, you watched the game from home, didn't you, for the Doncaster game? Yeah, I, I, I was walking around Chester on Sunday, last Sunday this was now, so a week, week today. And um, yeah, I got a really sore Achilles uh, tendon back of, my, back of my ankle. So I was off work for three days last week. And so Tuesday, obviously, was a bit too early to try and even think about getting there. I was, I was on crutches. I'd been to the hospital that morning. So luckily, it was one of those games on a Tuesday night where you could watch, watch it on iFollow. So it felt very odd sitting at home, Ollie, with iFollow on the live game and my window open, because it was quite warm, wasn't it, this week? And hearing the noise of the crowd, because I only live in Bellevue. So the first goal that we scored, which we'll come to in a minute, I heard the crowd noise before I saw it on the iFollow. So it did kind of ruin the ruin the surprise of the goal. But yeah, I'd, I've not done that before. So it was quite an interesting experience, really. Yeah, no, that's a funny <laughs> one. And there's a couple more of those coming up. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we should jump into the Doncaster game. And the keeper gathers it. So Shrewsbury Town 2, Doncaster nil. Um, fantastic result. One that not everyone I think would have expected, and I don't think it's one that Doncaster would have expected either. No. We scored both our goals in the first half, Laurent um, and Campbell scoring, and there was four changes come to this team, which is going to be a bit of a theme of this podcast. <laughs> um, we had um, Arnold in goal, Williams, Waterfall, um, remained. Um, Bolton came in for Beckles and played on the left-hand side of the back three. Wally carried on at right wing-back. Haynes came in at left wing back from Doherty and Faye Okunabiri came in. So on seeing Doherty and, and Okunabiri coming in, um, I was quite pleased about that that decision. Yeah, I mean, on the, on the evidence of watching the game, they gave us a massive amount of drive that we've possibly been missing for, for the last few weeks. But yeah, I, I was quite pleased with, with that team, you know, bringing those two players back in. Obviously, Goldborn had been a player that we'd, we'd been raising questions about in the games we'd seen recently. Obviously, we never went to Peterborough, but... We had we've had some concerns over Goldburn, haven't we? So I think people are kind of happy to see Haynes come back in, and again offers a little bit more in terms of pace and drive going forward. So it looked like a much more I don't know dynamic team than than some of the teams yeah, we've seen recently. Team. Yeah. 
Yeah, attacking team. And the start of the game borne that out. We looked a bit like how we started against Bristol Rovers, a really nice balance to the team. Um, And when we have that balance, um, we seem to be... Um, you know, a much better side than one that is in the relegation battle. Yes. Um, and we absolutely blew Doncaster apart away in the first half. Um, we started really, really well. And um, yeah, you must have been quite pleased with that start. Yeah, it was good. Watch, watching it on the on the iFollow, obviously the uh, the commentaries Radio Shropshire, and it was really positive coming across, which was fair because we, we created quite a few chances, didn't we, which we'll run through in a minute. But but to me, you know, my overall summary of that first half, having watched it on, on a TV screen, was that it was you know one of the best halves of football I've seen Shrewsbury have this season. Up there with maybe um, half that we had against Barnsley, I think, at home, and maybe a couple... Or second yeah, half Stoke, maybe. Second half Stoke, where we... But yeah, that was an odd game, wasn't it, the way that that game turned around? But yeah, but in terms yeah, of the overall play and how we dominated what was a good team in this division, I think, you know, you, you struggle to name a better half than that recently. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's something that um, um, Sam Ricketts said, that it was the best half. Oh, OK. Um, so, yes, just some of the highlights of that half. So, some really nice uh, build-up play from, from Shrewsbury. Bottle ball slide through for Anok and Abiri, but he just couldn't get yeah. his balance and couldn't get his shot away. And maybe, you know, I think maybe if that was in January um, when he was in full flight form, maybe you would have just taken that on another shot. Yeah. Yeah. And then the game started to be quite dominated by the Doncaster right back who was having an absolute mare. <laughs> um, he was having a terrible game. And it's funny, isn't it, when a, a player has that, the game seems to be draw the attention to him and everything seems to be going down our left um, and everything was going against that player. Well, it looked like a deliberate tactic to me, Ollie. It was it was clear he was struggling and struggling against the pace and the, and the dynamism that we had down that flank. And it was sensible of Shrewsbury to keep trying to exploit it. And you know, it worked a few times and we created a couple of the chances we had down that wing. And, and it was sensible play, really. It looked like it was something we adapted on the fly yeah it was good um, it was good to see and yeah it was, but then it was the first real kind of good chance I'd say came from the right flank so um, Campbell being th- put through down the right flank by Wally yeah um, another, it was a good opportunity and it was saved. And then Faye, I'm sorry, Faye, Campbell had another opportunity shortly after that, forcing um, forcing a save. Um, and that was um, what resulted in the, in a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so the corner was taken. It was recycled by their defenders. Um, and Lauren, this is a brilliant touch of skill for him. He takes it onto his left, switches it onto his right really calmly and just caresses it into the back of the net with a bit of a curl. And yeah, fantastic start to the game um, up after 18 minutes. Yeah, and it was deserved. You know, we'd, we'd been pushed we'd been we'd been going for it you know before the goal you say we'd forced the keeper into a save he made a, a fantastic save to keep Campbell out before our first goal it was really really good sprawling save and, and to be honest with you, we probably should have been you know ahead then um, but the goal yeah Laurent you know showing a little bit of class just on the edge of the box sort of almost like a drop to shoulder and then just curled it round sort of a, a num- numerous yeah. defenders and had his angles with the and goalkeeper from our, right from block um, 18 um, Glenn, um, 17 sorry yep. um, it was a really nice position angle to be at and you're probably quite similar actually to your camera you, the angle you would have had watching it. Yeah, we, we get similar we get similar views, don't we, Ollie, from where we where where we are with where we sit in block seventeen to where the cameras are. And yeah, I imagine it would have been lovely to be sitting right behind it. And um, you know, as I say, when when you've been playing so well in that opening period, there's been a few times this season Ollie, where we've sat and talked about yeah, that. Yeah, I was just thinking that as you just started that sentence. Great minds <laughs> like, but we haven't taken yeah. advantage, have we? And eventually, that's been the our undoing later on, where we've only got a point from a game. It's frustrating. Whereas this time it was, you know, we we put our foot, foot on their throat and we actually pressed home the advantage and scored the goal and then later on scored another one so yeah it was, it was nice to see us do that and it does show you how that can sometimes be the very big difference between not winning a game and winning a game in this division no definitely totally agree with that and it's been frustrating at times where we've deserved to take chances um, a bit like Saturday where we created lots of half chances um, and we just didn't take them but um, yeah the, the half wasn't over yet nope 
No. Um, and this is one of my favourite type of goals. So I'm um, just going off on a tangent about football manager. I've been playing a, a West Brom football manager <laughs> game and I very much play a, a you know, tiki-taka, passing the ball out from the back, but get the ball forward. And that I love nothing more than a through ball. Yep. And the next goal was absolutely superb. Um, so um, link-up play um, with Okinabiri, um who passes the ball um, over to Doherty. Um, and this is the advantage of Doherty, doesn't it, being in this kind of number 10 kind of position yep. um, and just puts a beautiful through ball um, through with Campbell who beats the offside trap. And I think watching it back, I think he did just just does he did, beat yeah. the offside yeah, trap. And the crazy, and it's really good um, from the um, linesman to watch that because um, um, Faye made a run and then there was a change and their defenders were all over the place. And that was kind of the advantage of those two being quite a dynamic, um, pacey, lot of movement forward two. And um, Doherty was perfectly calm, beautiful um, through ball to Campbell. And this man does not um, waste chances. No. Um, and we were 2 0 up. Yeah, really, really good finish, calm, composed. All the things we've said about the first two goals he scored for us, really. He doesn't look like he's um, you know, frightened about getting in on one on ones. And he's become pretty prolific at scoring them, isn't he? So, yeah, he's just a good player as well. It's, it's funny thinking about this goal and thinking about Wimbledon, though. You think Doherty, Faye, Campbell, the, the dynamism between all three of them, how that goal worked. And just thinking. You know, on the evidence of this goal, all three of them should have started on Saturday. But we will come back to that point, Ollie. But yeah, yeah I mean, it was just it was just a capstone, really, after 35 minutes to what was an incredibly impressive half of football. I mean, going going away from the goal, and, and you might have another point in a minute. But you know, you looked at how Wally and and um, Haynes played in this half. They really pushed up, and they, you know, often I'll sometimes say, "Oh, we're playing five at the back when the wing backs get stuck," and we've had that in a few games recently. But this time, there was no, there was none of that. Wally was really advanced, and, and, and Hainsey was probably doing just as well. Maybe not quite as advanced, but. That gave us such an ability to win second balls, to uh, effectively push on a high press, to win balls back in the midfield. It was it was one of the things for me watching it on the iFollow that was one of the key things about that performance was that they did get out and they did provide that width for once. Yeah, and the movement is is, is exceptional from them, and there's a lot of mobility in that team. And obviously, Doherty's, um, you know, he looks like he's like you know his legs are going like 100 miles an hour, <laughs> but he's actually quite fast. He's got yeah, good pace for it, central midfielder. And the, I think the image of that game was the celebration after that goal, which I know you particularly liked yeah it was it was fantastic wasn't it they all sort of ran to the side and then Campbell sort of did his arms folded like I'm no I'm good sort of celebration and then they all sort of went around and did the same thing I think it was maybe Waterfall then came over and had, yeah Waterfall <laughs> kind of destroyed the party he was just too excited ruined the photo and obviously didn't get the memo that that was the celebration they were doing <laughs> but um yeah and we talk about things we you know we, we do a podcast on shoes where we try to extrapolate things that we've seen as the season goes on and sometimes we've, we've worried about how goals have been celebrated when we were under that rough patch with ASCII but yeah it looks like there's a little bit more confidence flowing through them now because of how you know the defence has tightened up and seem to be playing really well and also we, we had goals in us the last week or two so yeah I think that maybe that is you know showing through how the pressure seems to come off after that goal Yeah and the players seem to be, do seem to be playing football yeah. we seem to yeah. mix it up at times but we do seem to pass the ball there seems to be a lot more structure and organisation players seem to know what they're doing um, and yeah nice of them to enjoy that celebration and yeah, when in, when in at half time, um, two 0 up, um, everyone was pretty chuffed. As you know, we didn't expect um, you know this scoreline at half time, um, and it's fantastic. However, they always felt that there was a threat from Doncaster, yep. and that was then to dominate the second half. And I saw some fans criticise the players for having a poor second half performance, but let's be honest, I don't really give a shit. No. Um, we absolutely we won the game two 0 and you know you can't play amazing football every time. You know, I don't know if you just watched the Merseyside derby. I did, yeah. You know, not every you can't play well every single game. Yeah. I mean, not even every single half. And we were two 0 up against a very, very good side with one of the best strikers and wingers in the division. 
Um, and I thought we did amazing to um, to get a clean sheet. Um, mm. And Doncaster came out. They'd obviously had quite a few words at halftime, would you suggest? They brought Coppinger on, didn't they, who had a big influence in the second half, yeah. I thought. And he's always been a player that generally impresses against and us. And Wilkes is better. Yeah. And Marquez is a real threat. They all raise their level. Winge is a lot like a big girl, but he's a real danger man. And he's a, no no surprise that he, you know, he's scored nearly 20 goals. If he scored on Saturday, I think he would have scored 20 goals now in the league. Yeah. But uh, going back to what you said right at the start of that little uh, sort of re- review piece there. Is, Rant. Yeah. <laughs> monologue I was going to say it was but you were right to say because I was going to ask you the question at half time you were tuning it up but you still had seen enough from Doncaster to think there's goals in them do you know what I mean we'd done well and defended a couple of good pieces in the first half and we had to really defend massively brilliantly in the second half to keep them out but there was always still even at 2-0 a thought that they, they looked quite dangerous going forward and we'd done well to keep them even out in the first half so yeah I think that was a fair observation Ollie but you know, this second half was crazy, really, wasn't it? Because we really were completely outplayed. They really, really up their level. Um, did we tire a little bit? I'm not too sure. I just think that they are a good team, and, and the, yeah, the natural, team. the natural order sort of re- restored itself, didn't it, a little bit? And um, we've got to give a huge amount of credit to the defenders, all five of them. You know, there was incidents where all of them put their bodies on the line, made late tackles, and, and made important challenges that got us over the line. And they deserve just yeah. as much credit for, for the goal scorers in this game. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. A couple of the kind of highlights. Uh, Marquis flies over um, in the, just outside um, the six-yard Oh, box, that was terrible, miss. Versus many chances, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Wilkes shot over from inside, just outside the six-yard box as well. Yeah. So they were getting there, you know, they're working the ball into the box and creating chances there. Um, I thought um, Ricketts made a good substitution here. He took Wally off yep. um, and brought Sears on um, just to kind of reinforce the right flank. Um, and then there was just an absolutely crazy, um, crazy <laughs> scamble um, with like three attempts um, at goal after following the initial header. Um, and I just don't have absolutely no understanding of how that ball didn't get in the box it was unbelievable but 30 minutes 30 centimetres off the line yeah. three attempts at goal it was just remarkable I, it's been a long time since I've seen a scramble quite like that it was a ball to the back post headed down and Arnold sort of held it on the line or even yeah. just you know most of the ball must have been over the line by the look of it from the Doncaster fans but um, he sort of scrambled that away then a defender kind of cleared it away then they had another shot which I think Williams got to then it went back this is in the space of 30 yeah, yeah. centimetres yeah, it, yeah and then it went back out into sort of the left wing where we thought we'd cleared it and then they recycled it brought it back in and someone had a shot on the edge of the area and, and Waterfall then made this huge sort of diving header to clear it away and, and that was it then and, and it was funny because I heard a big roar from, from where I was you know coming through the window um, at home on, on the night and I thought oh we've scored a have a goal it's 3-0 that's brilliant but it wasn't until obviously the I follow caught up maybe 35 seconds later where I was like oh it was the fans cheering when that had finally been yeah. cleared and um, which was really interesting actually and uh, yeah it, it was it was fantastic for us to put the bodies on the line and there was numerous chances where you know they did things like that in the second half um, and yeah I, th- I thought they were, all, they were all really good to be honest with you and yeah, yeah it, it, I, I do like a scramble though Ollie but I, I normally like it if it's a big scramble and then we put we score you know that, that's better but if we're going to have a scramble at the defensive area and we clear it away then that's fine yeah, definitely. It was really good. And there was a couple of more chances as well where we kind of like, yeah, um, you know, kind of just survived by the skin of our teeth. Marcus again failed to score and Wilkes we've fluffed the rebound. Yeah. Um, we had one chance in that half um, with Laurent fired wide near the end of the game. And then we kind of saw the game out again, as you said, bodies on the line throughout that half. Um, and then Grant did is some Grant specials yes, um, near the end of the game to kind of kind of just kind of um, 
finish the game off. And yeah, I'd say um, yeah, a, a good result, fantastic, and, and much needed three points, which flew us up the league when when everyone looked at the the live league table. Yeah, you're right. It's funny actually when you think about the end of the game. We did have two chances in the last five minutes. I think one with about five minutes to go, and one in injury time. One pain missed a really good chance near the end as well. And but that was it. We'd we'd literally been under the cosh for most of that first half. So it did show that when Doncaster had thrown all they could at us, we did kind of counter a couple of times and you know created a couple of half chances. But yeah, I mean it was exactly the role we needed to back up Peterborough. You know we'd obviously been given a gift horse with the ten men and you know got ahead when when that counted and and then obviously we went down to ten men. That was fine. We pressed home the advantage in that game, and we really, really needed to back it up. And and he did it. And you know, you pick the right team against the right you know kind of opposition. We rode our luck at times, but the defence needed to do their job that they did. They did. They stood up manfully to it. And you know, when we got that win, it, it really did feel like a massive moment and a and a huge move forward in terms of the relegation battle. It really, really took the pressure off Ollie. Yeah, it did, and it. I think it was a good morale boost, um, and then also I think a good. Um a good result for Ricketts as the manager as well. He's obviously been under a bit of pressure since he's got a lot of pressure since he's come in um, against a really good Doncaster side. Yes. Let's, let's not um, be, you know, let's not be unfair. Um, you know, they were, you could say they were unlucky not to score. Um, and we were lucky to get the three points in some ways, you know, they had that many good chances and they worked those chances well. And they clearly a really, really good side. Um, and yeah, it's not surprising that they're high up in the league table. No, no, yeah, it was it was everything you would have wanted, and um, I think that brings us to, to sort of your view of the opposition. Only I've watched them on the night. It, I, I think I'll leave this to you. Really, it's a bit more difficult watching it on the eye follow to make a yeah. proper judgment of opposition players. But yeah, what, what did you make of them? Yeah, I think they're a really, really good side. They play, um, funnily enough, in the, the kind of formation I really like the fourth four three three. Yep. Defence midfielder, two wingers, and they had a. Um, they're a really, really good team. You know, they're, they're well up in the top, um, top half. You know, they're sixth in the league, um, and they had a good um, a point at home um, to Charlton Athletic. Marquis did score this weekend. Oh, okay. He scored an own goal, which is quite funny. <laughs> um, and Wilkes scored um, to, to get them to make them equalise. Oh, uh, but yeah, they're a good team, and they play some really nice football. They're well organised. You know, I think um, you know if a couple of other results, maybe in course of the season, they probably could be a bit higher. Yeah. I think fifty-five points is a bit surprising. Really, they're not a bit higher but um yeah um they're a good team and you know if they don't go up um this season i'm sure they'll be really strong next year one to watch in the playoffs that's for sure yeah I, yeah I definitely, so. definitely and in terms of our our team i mean from from watching what i watched on the game you know he's taken a lot of flack this season luke waterfall but yeah i went for, for luke waterfall man of the match ollie i thought he was outstanding in terms of the leadership he showed in the game um his commitment also, he headed almost everything away. You know, he's like he's becoming the Virgil Van Dyke of League One at the moment, isn't he? Just the ball seems to be magnetised to his head because um, that's what it was like in the Minnesota Derby. What I just watched, yeah. but yeah, so yeah, I, no, I, I went for Waterfall, and then yeah, backing that up, I thought Doherty's dynamism in midfield. I think I've used that word three times now, but Doherty and dynamism seems to be a word that seems two words that seem to be very linked. To be honest with you, watching him this season, and um, and there's some alliteration there as well, so that's nice. But yeah, he was brilliant. Really drove drove us on a lot of the game. Um, not afraid to have a shot every now and again. Just a whole, just a danger to, to any defender when he's running at them so yeah in the 10 role I like him there I think he's a better attacking midfielder than he's a defensive midfielder that's for sure and then I went for Roshan Williams as, as third place which is harsh on Bolton because he was just as good but again Roshan's working his way into professional football we haven't lost with him in the team yet which is incredible really when you think he's an 18 year old kid that never played up until a couple of weeks ago he is outstandingly quick and he really does offer some cover now for Bolton and Waterfall and that has been a big part of that defensive solidity that we're starting to find so I'm, I'm really impressed with him yeah it's um, Williams I thought was really good he was me my, my kind of notable um kind of absentees in the top three and he's you know when you watch like higher level um higher level standard you're always amazed for me i'm always amazed how how well they are at like kind of putting they're getting their toe in so quickly to kind of win yeah win the ball 
um, and he does that quite a lot um, over the, all the games he's been here. He wins tackles that you wouldn't think he was going to win. Yes, definitely. Um, and I think he's really benefiting. And I think why I've put Waterfall number first as well is because I think Waterfall did an excellent job um, coaching Williams through the game. Yeah, no, that's um, great. And, and that's nothing, that's not uh, you know any disrespect to Williams. He's, as you said, he's a young kid learning his trade. Um, and I think Bolton playing left and um, central defender, I'm sure he's never played on that side before. I thought he was excellent as well. And I thought those two played really well and they didn't even make the top three. I went for Waterfall first. Lawrence second. I went for Lawrence second because not just because his goal. I thought he had a really, really well composed game. Yeah, he did, James. Good. You know, he did a lot of running, a lot of lot of harrying. Um, and you know, this is his first real season as a pro. You know, and he played a few games with Wigan, and so I think that gets forgotten um, that he's still only a youngster. I agree. Um, so he was really good. And then I went um, Doherty third. Um, I thought he had a really solid game, yep. and that that through ball was just exceptional. It was. He's class. Uh, about Lauren, yeah. Ollie. I was thinking about this just just before we were sort of, when my dad's talking about the football as usual, and everyone was chipping in. I, one of the things I'm looking forward to the most about next season is really seeing how Lauren develops because he's right. Yeah. He's had he'll have had a first season under his belt, and I'm I'm expecting even bigger things from him next year. To be fair, and that's probably putting a bit of pressure on the lad. But I, there is definitely a lot of talent there that we can we can harness and and depend on what Ricketts does, whether he plays different tactics. Yeah. He is a player that you can build a midfield around. I think, and we're gonna have and. One thing that the disappointing aspects of last season was we had a lot of players that contracts were expiring. Yep. But you know, you've got Williams who'll be here next season. Waterfall, okay, yep. take the last few games, I'll be quite happy. Based on the last few games, I'll be pleased that Waterfall's there next season. Um and then you've got yeah, you've got Lawrence and you've got a few players there, so we'll have a bit of a nucleus of the team. Arnold will be there next season. Faye. So yeah, we, we do carry these players on into next season. Yeah, Faye as well. So yeah, there's some some reason to be optimistic going forward. Um, and that optimism <laughs> That's assuming no one buys all those players, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that, that as well. But we'll, you know, we've got some good money in the bank. True so enough. If we do. People don't have to um, really pay um, some top <laughs> dollar for them. So I think it's fair to say the fans are pretty chuffed Damn on right. Tuesday night. Yes. Um, and it's the three word match report's got nearly a hundred comments, so that just shows how happy everyone was to contribute. Yeah. Um, so um, Roy Bradbury was bloody great win. Re- um, Richard Lee was great team effort. Um, Glenn Young good first half, and Julie Williams with the right formation. And I thought it was for the, the team and selection Ricketts. And I'm very keen to point that out in my kind of when I do that little summary sometimes I do uh, at full time. You know, a lot of respect, a lot of credit to Sam Ricketts uh, for putting that team together. Um, and he did make four changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he made quite a lot of changes for that game, but it all worked. Yep. And the team um, team deserved, you know, a burger and a pizza after that because they really struggled. They put a lot of effort in that second half. So fair play to them. Yeah, my top my, my three would have been balls on the line. I asked for it a few weeks ago, didn't I, on the podcast when we were really struggling and it definitely felt like a game for putting your balls on the line. And you could name five or six players that really threw it themselves into everything. You know, Norbert, Norbert wasn't playing, obviously, but, you know, in the game before he'd been accredited for doing that as well. So it's been over a couple of games now where players are starting to step up and say, right, the FA Cup's gone. You know, we're in the league now. This is our time to start up, start to put our foot on the gas. And Peter Doncaster and Wimbledon to a certain extent, despite the result, I think you're definitely starting to show that they'll put their balls on line for this team now. And yeah, it's a shame we didn't do it earlier, but it's starting to happen, Ollie. So Sam Ricketts, as you would expect, was delighted with the win. Back-to-back wins is really good as well. Um, especially the first half were really good. It's the best half. Um, since I've been here, um, he said we could have scored three or four. And, and, that, and he said, you can see how I want to play. And which is interesting because obviously then he does listen to the comments from the fans because the fans have been saying, is he a long ball, Matt? But um, that's quite interesting. Mm. Um, he said, we're lucky our goal seemed to have had a charm and desire to block shots, etc. Um, asked about all the changes he made. Obviously he made four changes. He said football's a squad game, mm. um, which is one of his <laughs> themes. Um, and then, um, so that's the Ricketts interview. And then, we don't normally talk about the player interview, but I was listening to the BBC Shropshire, I was walking out. Yep. Um, and um, Anthony Grant did an interview and he said, and he was asked kind of, 
you know, a couple of, a minute or so into the interview by Mark Elliott, what's the big difference in the last few weeks now we're picking up results? And he said, Askey is not here. Oof. And had a little bit of a cheeky grin on his face. <laughs> and we just, yeah, just kind of just draws a line under that period. I think maybe if we have to draw another line, but I thought it was just quite interesting that he made that comment. Well, I, I think it's very interesting. You know, it's, it's 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 a very telling insight into what is one of our key squad players and maybe what he thought about John Askey. And it's maybe not too dissimilar to some of the things we've thought about John Askey. But, you know, let's look at John Askey. He's gone on to Port Vale, he's got another job. They haven't, they haven't won since he went there. He's had an absolute nightmare of a season, <laughs> and hasn't and he? And if, if you compare our fans, our fans are contrary are incredibly conservative yes. and very patient. And yeah, I saw a few um, few comments <laughs> and a few things that people have posted about Port Vale fans. They are not happy. I don't think they're happy with anything at the moment. No, they, they hit um, their own. But yeah, they're certainly not happy with ASCII. So yeah, so I think, you know, I was happy with that. My good birthday win for me. Yeah. Um, and birthday. put us into a, a nice league position and yeah, kind of gave us some... Maybe maybe everyone was and from looking at the betting slips on Facebook this week and Twitter, um after today's um, after Saturday's result, I think everyone thought we'd get a, a victory against Wimbledon, but it wasn't to be. No, I mean, yeah, it it, it was it, well, I suppose, yeah, that is the thing, isn't it? It did kind of relieve the pressure on Wimbledon and, and gave it as made Wimbledon just a massive opportunity to really get away from yeah. trouble. Um but we didn't. So we'll, we'll wrap that one game up now and we'll move on to the, the Wimbledon game. Oh that's bounced kindly here. And Sadler's gone through, and Sadler saved by Hart. Denies his old club. First moment of real danger for West Ham. So Saturday, into March, 2nd of March, Ollie. So time is going along now. We are not along from the end of the season, are we? But um, yeah, uh, 3 o'clock kickoff as usual, at the Montgomery's Waters Meadow. And there were 6,166 people there. So again, keeping up that record this season, Ollie, of having 6K crowds at the moment, which isn't dropping off. We might even beat next, last. We might even beat the record we set last year, um, which uh, is still on the cards if we have a couple of bigger tenants towards the end of the season, especially with Walsall, which will be a sellout. So that's interesting. But yeah, it was a dull nil-nil game, in, in, in all honesty. Um, and and a missed opportunity like we've discussed right at the start of the podcast but that was it so going into the game we were obviously four points clear of the drop zone um, which has now been cut back to three um, with a couple of teams getting some points down the bottom Wimbledon had won their last two on the road which is obviously showing that they're probably a, a better team away from home than they are home at the moment because their overall form is pretty middling so um, yeah they've been doing the business away from home and trying to save themselves and obviously we have got a good record against Wimbledon we've won the last four games against them but not a lot of that counted, really, for anything, Ollie. And to think that a lot of the comments from the fans um, at the end of this game now, and even lingering on in today, it talks about the missed opportunity, the reasons for it, one, the referee, and two, the team selection. So I think it is worth running through the team selection, Ollie, because it does, it does leave a lot of questions, I think. So yeah, the team selection, Arnold kept his place in goal, obviously, um, as did Wally, Williams, Waterfall, and Bolton at the back. However, Goldbourne came back in for Haynes, um, and Haynes was dropped out of the 18. Um, no, yeah. no indication he was unfit or injured, so... No, and he actually clarified in the post-match he it wasn't the case he was injured or anything. He was dropped. Very odd. Rotated. Very odd. Um, and then, yeah, midfield, obviously a bit of a change around there with Laurent and Noelbourne and then Edwards coming in for his first start since he came back to the club and then changes up front, Campbell and Holloway, um, who I'll come to later, Ollie. So four changes overall, like the game before. However, this time, when the four changes were made against Doncaster that maybe were part of the reason that pushed us on, these changes felt like a little bit of a backward step in some respects and definitely, definitely took that dynamism out of the team that we had against Doncaster. We were, we were much less uh, pacey um, and, and a bit more predictable, I thought. So, yeah, the Tinkerman tag has come along, Ollie. Um, and see, people are starting to say, is Ricketts a bit of a Tinkerman? Obviously, he's not been here very long, so he's still trying to find out his best team and stuff. But there is an argument to say, look, when you've had your best result of the season, but other than Barnsley at home, 
why change a winning team? Yeah, and yeah, I, I kind of carried that on. Um, I saw you tweet about that after yeah, the game, I and I took that that name tag and did a, a bit. Had a bit of a debate this morning on Twitter, which got a lot of people replying to. Um, if you want to follow the kind of the debate on Saladcast, we're on Saladcast on Twitter, mm-hmm. which is where the kind of a lot of good football debate happens these days. Actually, I'd say it's kind of moved off Facebook now onto Twitter. Yeah, um, and there's some really good responses. So Sean said, "I'm not surprised. It's a constant talking point prior to, to kick off." I think Edwards was coming in was the most surprising and Holiday, Holloway for Ockenberry was the one that I disagree with the most so that was Sean's view I agree um, and then um, Lewis um, Jones had a really good um, tweet he said we had a week with no games coming up and we should have started Faye and Doherty definitely and maybe we should have gone won the, would have won the game by 70 minutes then you could have rested them mm-hmm. and for me I think you know I think the, the Goldburn bit and the Haynes bit I don't think Haynes has you know, he did all right against um, Doncaster, but, you know, he hasn't been amazing all season, so I can't really criticise him there. Norburn was coming in, obviously, for Grant, and actually Norburn had a great game. So, you know, those two, I'll let him off. But I thought that Doherty, Faye, you know, really was the really the kind of the core of our kind of attacking threat um, against Wimbledon. Yeah. Um, and I obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, that's why we do the podcast on the Sunday. Um but yeah, it does seem like a bit of a mistake that he made those changes. And both fit enough for the bench, and both came on to play a part. You know, I can't. You know, Faye has just had a rest, so surely he can't have been tired after just that one performance against um, Doncaster in the I week. I think Holloway was also a bit of a defensive element, wasn't he, as well? Maybe to help because Wimbledon are a big side. Yeah, um, and he did help with defensive uh, headers. Um, which is something that the not um, six oh six Shrewsbury kind of pointed out that you know he did make some defensive headers. It's worth also noting that Wimbledon sat really deep and they're a lot more defensive than Doncaster, so maybe that was part of the reason why um, Sam Ricketts thought that we're not going to get that space. But then at the same time, isn't Faye and Doherty the players that are going to kind of kind of work the angles in tight spaces? So yeah, what was your? It almost felt like we we played into their hands. In all honesty, you know they were a poor, very one dimensional team at their place, and we only just got out of jail there thanks to Waterfall. And they've not changed significantly under their new manager. They're still very one-paced, one still very direct. And we matched them up. We matched them up tactically and we matched them up in terms of our style of play. We went more direct than we did against Doncaster. We saw shades of that very direct long ball football coming back that we've lamented a little bit under um Was Ricketts. it long ball? Beca- uh, was it, was, I was think it long it was. ball on purpose? I, I think or do you think it was we just really struggled to pass the ball so then we did play long ball? I don't know. We just we couldn't get the we couldn't get the passing game going at all, could we? Yeah, but we couldn't we couldn't get out. Goldborn didn't get out as much as Haynes did, as much as Haynes didn't yeah. tear any trees up. And I thought even Wally was a little bit more pen back than he had been. In, in recent games and therefore you are obviously looking for a long ball and you know none of them really have a, have a, have a good long ball from the defence you know Waterfall or Williams might hit, occasionally hit a good through ball but you know Edwards in all honesty in his first game back he spent a lot of the time making really really late runs beyond the defenders um, you know into their box but the rest of the time the ball seemed to be pinging across his head he didn't really get on it that much so I, I think it just tactically p- picking those players in those positions particularly Holloway changes the way that we approach a game and it's obviously a tactical approach Ollie it's not oh we'll play Holloway but we'll try and play the same dynamic foot we played on Tuesday against Doncaster playing Holloway doesn't give you the option to do that you're looking at getting in a different way crosses trying to get on his head maybe getting him to bring it down Carlton Morris-esque but for me it didn't work it, it just wasn't it didn't feel like it was the right tactic against what was in all honesty a very poor Wimbledon team that we should have beaten Ollie that's my view of it yeah we certainly certainly should have won and yeah um we had first half. We had some, we created some chances, yeah. um, but I don't think it's fair to say we created loads of great chances. I'd say, poor, probably the best chance really was um, that um, cross um, from from Edwards, yeah. um, which happened kind of midway through the half. 
Um, really, really good ball from Edwards across um, to Campbell and headed at the keeper. I'd say it's probably the best chance of the half. Yeah. Um, before then, um, the super ball over the top from Norburn. That was a fantastic um, punt. Um, Campbell runs onto it, drags it back, couldn't find it on the middle. Wally fires it back over, cleared out for a corner. Um, really good defended by Wimbledon, actually. If, um, and if a defender hadn't been there, that would have been a really easy tap-in for Edwards, which would have been a, a, a goal quite early into his home debut. So that would have been... Um, his, his would have been fun for him. It, it would have been. It's interesting in terms of we've we played Wally, um, Doherty, and probably Laurent in the ten role at certain times this season, haven't we? And obviously Edwards played behind the front two in this game, which was interesting because I don't, you know, normally you saw him as a bit more of a defensive. Yeah, they seem to make that change. Yeah. Um, for me, well, for me, yeah, Edwards. I've come in and was yeah. He's obviously can play all sorts of roles in midfield, isn't he? Correct. He's, that, he's a, that intelligent and that good um, in central midfield. I'd say these days, and yeah, it was clear for me. I saw um, um, Ricketts telling them. You know, one, two, one, you know, telling um, Lauren that he was dropping back with Norburn and Edwards was playing. That was obviously that's something they changed during the game. Mm. And he was dynamic and he really did push on. Like, one of the things I noted on Twitter was he was really making late runs and he wanted to be a third man in the box. One of the things we moan about a lot this season is we've been getting crosses in and no one's been there. I tell you what, with Dave Edwards playing in that role, it will always have him in there. He'll always be sniffing a goal. You know, he was like when he played for us and he, he's got that reputation for Wolves and for Wales of sniffing a goal out. And yeah, he obviously carries a goal threat. He didn't quite get any clear cut chances on, on the day, but. I suspect we'll, we'll see goals out of him if he's if he's implemented as an attacking midfielder by by Ricketts. And actually, I hope we do kind of see him playing that role. Actually, I'd rather see him playing in there than as a defensive midfielder because you know we've got plenty of midfielders who can do that. If he can offer that little bit of you know higher class than what we've had previously, and and maybe be a steadying influence on the ball in attacking positions, I'd rather see that. However. He's clearly not 100% match fit yet, Ollie. You know, he couldn't last the 90 minutes playing like that. And he did make a huge amount of lung-busting runs. And I looked at one of them where he, he legged it from in his own, inside his own half to get in for a cross that came in, didn't go anywhere near him. But then he just, after sort of 40, sort of 35 minutes, he then put his hands on the, you know, advertising board-ins at the away end and just sort of took three or four big breaths like, all right, I'm in a, I'm in a game here and I haven't actually been involved in a, you know, a, a significant game for quite a while. So I'm sure he'll get his match, fit, match fitness up and he's a fit lad still at his age. So... Um, yeah, plenty to come from Edwards, but but on the flip side, he still didn't hugely stand out yet. So I think uh, no. you know we've got to give him a few games to get right up to his best. Yeah, he definitely totally agree with that. Mm. Um, and then I guess the rest rest of the game was really dominated by um, long shots. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and there a couple from Norburn, um, a couple from Campbell has a few decent efforts. There was a really really good bit of skill from Norburn to get himself out of trouble. Ball at the top to Campbell and crossed into the box and and Edwards. I think this is this long busting run you're talking about yes, where there you he go, would yeah. have headed the headed. And if the defender hadn't got there, he definitely would have been there that to was get it. that yeah. header. Yeah. So you know, while yes, there's been quite a bit of criticism of Edwards online. You know, he was in the place for two opportunities, and if he'd been a bit luckier, he'd have had two opportunities. You know, very very close, yeah. and you would bet he's chance he'd have taken them, and then obviously that changes the whole narrative about his his home debut starting the game. Yeah, yeah, I, he wasn't bad. I, I, you know, I'm not saying he had a bad game. He wasn't one of the better players, but he, he was. But he was we solid. now come to the miss, which was quite. Oh funny. yeah, that was harsh on him though. To be fair, wasn't it? The, the yeah, last it kick of the, the first half was um, a, someone think threw it to him, and it was it was, it was, it was, was a, a corner, corner, short corner to yeah. him, and he you know came to him on the edge of the box like he was going to turn and swivel and hit it from the outside of you know outside the box, and he just completely caught it 
it wrong. Apparently there was a bobble, he's been saying on Twitter today, and uh, he just hoofed it straight back out for a corner on the final whistle. And he said he was joking about it on Twitter today. He said, I've marked that bobble on the pitch, so I'll know about it for next time. So obviously Dave's just getting used to our pitch and trying to find where the places are to hit shots and not. So oh, it, was, it was a bit unfortunate for him, though. But, you know, after having been sent off and, you know, got injured in his first two games, if that was the worst thing that happened in this game, things are obviously improving for the lad. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, was definitely it was a funny, funny end to the half. And uh, ended the half up quite frustratingly, really. Obviously, no booze or anything like that, but nah. it was just a bit of a not really what we were expecting and yeah not really quite what we were hoping for and I think yeah it's interesting I mean there was a what, talking about the best chance of the half I thought that chance that Laurent had um, header from Wally Cross I think I don't know if you mentioned it or not but right at the end as well that was probably one of the better chances of the half as yeah, well yeah that was Should've a really better good opportunity there. as but well yeah wasn't to be um, and then yeah I suppose if the first half was dominated by long shots and it wasn't a great game, in all honesty, I didn't think. Wimbledon no. didn't offer anything. It was very... Oh, it was bit... second half was particularly boring. It was even worse second half. And the second half was dominated by, let's be honest with you, uh, referee calls, because that really agitated the crowd, and we'll, we'll cover those now. But, yeah, the second half was definitely a worse performance for me. Um, the more it went on, the less Wimbledon were asked about even getting out, which was such a stupid tactic for a team bottom of the league. Do they think they're going to draw their way out of relegation trouble? It seems like a very negative attitude that they had. I mean... Are they that mm. poor that their manager would worry that if well, they attacked us, we'd take them to pieces? Well, they'd won the last two yeah. away from home, so maybe this is just the way they've been doing it. Possibly. Maybe yeah, this has been know. their tactic because of bringing them results. That's the funny thing, isn't it? You know, We always see things through a shrewd hand lens. Yeah. Maybe that's how they'd, they'd, grown, uh, they'd grown. They'd grind it out to um, away victories. So, yeah. That's a fair we, point, Ollie. We don't know point. that. But, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say the second half was dominated by... Um, one kind of um, one kind of moment to remember in terms of thinking, <laughs> looking back to a, a Shrewsbury Town legend. Yeah, that's true. And then um, and then two controversial moments, probably one more controversial than the other. So um, on the seventy eighth minute, um, Shrewsbury Town fans took a moment to remember um, one of the legends of the past. Yeah, one of one of our sort of legends that's been in we've got a legends club, haven't we? I can't remember what it's called now. It's like our Hall of Fame, but yeah, Peter Dolby, who obviously is a player that played before our time, Ollie, um, but a player that's very fondly remembered by Shrewsbury Town fans and uh, I you know, read lots of stories this week about him as a player and, and what he did, but one of the ones I read uh, which was in the paper that is probably worth reflecting on is um with Shrewsbury Town set to play Everton in the fifth round of the inaugural League Cup. As usual, Dolby went to the Rolls Royce Sentinel Works in town where he was completing his apprenticeship. As he pedaled down to the game meadow after work, the plush bus taking the Everton players to the ground overtook this young cyclist. That evening is now in folklore. Everton led 1-0 after the first leg, but two goals from a young Dolby saw the top division side vanquish, leading to a headline of Dolby 2, Everton 0 in the local paper. And it's things like that that mean a, a large amount to a football club of our size and our, and our fan base, and also you know our sort of town, if you will, in, in, in terms of having those folklore legends of, of stories you know, and, and of, of, of players that have come through apprenticeships at Shrewsbury Town and, and of... I don't know if he's from the area, actually, I should have checked, but, you know, clearly a young lad that played for us at the time. And all those sorts of things are brilliant for us. So, yeah, you know, not from our generation, but I stood and applauded the guy for what he did for our football club. I think he played over 200 games. Um, and it was just a nice moment, I think, to, to reflect that. Interesting, Ollie, on a wider point, whether you, you prefer moments of silence before games for people who are synonymous with football clubs or the, the applause during the game. I think both are a loving loving and respectful thing for, for someone that's passed away that a football club care about. But I don't know, what which of those do you prefer personally? Yeah, I prefer the round of applause. But I think, okay. yes, yeah, I'm not it's a bit of a... I don't know, I wanted to take any moment, anything away from the moment. So maybe, I don't know why it wasn't done before the game. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Yeah. It, was, it was a nice moment and it was nice to see the Wimbledon fans join in as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so that was good as well. And, and I saw a um, um, friend of the pod, um, Andy Davis, um, comment about when he was starting his career and he came, th- he's, came th- he was in the Shrewsbury Town youth system, yeah. um, that Dolby was um, always, um, you know, always made time available to help him. 
um, and help him develop as a player. So it just kind of shows what a, a great guy he was. It does, and actually going going a bit further than that is that um, he stayed local and became a PE teacher yeah. in the area. And you did, you know yeah. even people of my generation. So one of our friends, Andy Davis, who used to play with us in the away supporters, was talking about he was his PE teacher. And you you noticed on Blue and Amber on Twitter, a lot of people say, oh, I had him as a teacher, or I knew him through this, or he did a job for me, or and he just seemed like a, a very well loved person within our town and yeah. within our fan base. So I'm glad there was some you know me- me- memorial of it, and um, he got his picture up on the on the frame and I think it was done done well enough and um, yep. yeah that was that was a positive thing in the first half but it was in the second half sorry but it, the game continued on whilst the applause was going on and it, it continued yeah. on much like most of the first half did which was just lots of nothing going on in midfield really yeah so so let, well, don't, we won't do this in chronological order at all nah. um, so so first of all there was Wimbledon had a, a real clear-cut chance through on goal Should've Arnold scored. comes out um, you know, puts you know does an amazing you know any goalkeeper that and all goalkeepers are normally a bit crazy, but anyone that you know puts your leg your arms down to tackle the ball almost against a, a striker is obviously you know being very brave. Yeah, um, he very wins brave. the ball, stops them scoring a goal. Um, but unfortunately, that meant that he was actually go off injury. So, and um, we had to ch- um, change um, change goalkeepers um, on the eighty third minute, which is a bit of a shame. It was carry on. And it gave Mitchell his debut. One of the interesting yeah. things I noted on the day was that um, Phil Smart's the goalkeeper coach now. Big ball, well, not big, a ball bloke who's on our bench. And I've, I've never, you know, I've often watched Ricketts and what's going on over there. I've never seen Phil Smart go up to talk to Ricketts during a game. But this was before that moment happened. He'd been up twice to talk to Ricketts, uh, and obviously, presumably about the goalkeepers as his area responsibilities. So I just wonder whether Arnold had been carrying a little niggle just before that and obviously that moment where he sprinted off the line maybe aggravated it worse so it'll be interesting to see whether he's got a bit more of an injury than just yeah. the knock that he took um, but that'll come out won't it the, 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 club yeah. will, the club will mention that but yeah the word brave is is the correct terminology for that save I thought at the start of the season he went, when he was slow as anything he would not have got off the line and quick enough to get to that but he has definitely definitely worked on his fitness and his agility over the season and I actually think he's hugely improved as a goalkeeper whether yeah, he's yeah. whether he's good enough for next season I'm, I'm an R about that one still but yeah in he's terms a good goalkeeper though, if he, if he's a sub or you know if he's first choice and you know we spend our money elsewhere, I'd be happy with that as a backup. Yeah, excellent backup goalkeeper. You, you like to see players' trajectories going up through the season, improving, improving, improving. And some of our players have been decent and maybe made little steps up. Some have stayed just neutral. Some have dropped off. You know, when you look at some of the players from the start of the season, Arnold's one where I could say I've seen a significant improvement in some of the things he's been doing. You know, we used to moan about his kicking. Very rarely makes a mistake with his kicking now, so he deserves a lot of credit. To be fair, yeah, his kicking still isn't excellent. <laughs> no, I would say. Mitchell was a, as improvement and um, what we saw um, when he came on, um, which was good to see. Mm. Um, but other than that, um, <laughs> there was some yeah moments of controversy. Let's say it, put it that way. Definitely. Um, so let's do the let's do the the handball first. So we we had a corner, came in, got cleared as far as Doherty, who um, let an almighty strike of his right foot, and there um, one of their defenders jumped up, turned his back to it, and had his arm up, um, at head height. The ball hit him on the arm, and the referee said no penalty. Stonewall penalty. We would have given it every yeah, day of the absolute week. Stonewall penalty. And Ricketts said in the post-match the player admitted to the R players that it was a penalty as well, and he blocked the ball. So that was a, <laughs> a disastrous mistake by the referee. Obviously, that would have been, you know, it would have made a huge difference. And as you Puckland would have been up um, in mid uh, midway um, yeah. in the table. There's no, there's no way Wimbledon would have come back into it. No, no, no way, not at all. Um, and then there was a, um, I'd say, less controversial, but mm. probably not. But on the day was seemed a bit more controversial, where the goalkeeper had the ball, he did a kick, and Williams kind of jumped 
in front of um, the keeper as yeah. he was taking taking his kick. I haven't, I'm I'm copied or pasted and looked at the rules, but yeah, apparently you're not allowed to interfere with the the, the keeper um, when they're taking a kick in that manner. No, there's is there's a, a lad that started playing for the Wastewater just as we were finishing called Simo, who's a, a Shropshire referee. Um, referees like Sunday league games and Saturday league games. I'm not sure what he referees, but he's he's a he's a qualified referee, and he was initially on Twitter straight away saying, "Now nah, looking at that." He's, he's interfered with play or he's interfered with a goalkeeper and the rules are that you shouldn't allow it and I think the referee got that one right frustrating yeah, though because everyone was baying for it to be a goal because we just needed that win and you know we, we realised how important it was but I think the other part of it was that after the referee didn't give the penalty town fans were on the referee massively weren't they, they it, it g'd up the atmosphere and the referee was getting grief for every decision he made and he seemed to revel in it and giving them free kicks it was one of those ones where it felt a little bit like deliberate sort of thing where he was kind of giving them every free kick and town fans were getting more and more frustrated and I think it built and built built up to that moment so when that moment happened because he'd been making what were deemed to be mistakes by Shrewsbury Town fans pretty commonly everyone jumped to assume that he just tried to cheat us out of the game so I think that's what got the the sort of atmosphere so free fervent at that moment in time but again you know I looked at the replays and stuff as soon as I got back to the car and you thought yeah he's probably done a little bit too much there if he'd have just been running away and the keeper punted into his back it would have been a goal but that wasn't what happened was it? No it wasn't no. I think that was the right decision yeah one one right one wrong um, and that penalty would have made a huge difference to the game and I'm almost certainly good enough us um, three points um, and very frustratingly as well um, I um, put an eightfold accumulator on and every single one came in but Shrewsbury Oh. That, I don't very I very rarely bet on Shrewsbury. Um, so yeah, that's a real shame. That would have won me a few hundred quid. Well, our betting league, we did our 11-fold this weekend and it, it came off. And because we have uh, instigated a rule, which means you're not allowed to pick Shrewsbury on the accumulator. So there you go. It takes away <laughs> the risk of that happening. But yeah, we, I don't normally do it and I definitely won't do it again for a long time again. We, uh, yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah, we won 286 quid or something like that, which wasn't too bad. So it's probably about a tenner each, but there we go. Um, um, but yeah, that, that was it. One of the things I want to talk about, Ollie, that we've kind of skipped over, because I think that's covered the game in general, was we've talked about the team and, and maybe some of the problems with it but you know we talk about the controversial moments we talk about a couple of half chances missed for both teams but really we didn't do enough to win that game if you take away those key moments you know we we really were a level and a, and a half down from that Doncaster yeah. game and it was a real it was a poor performance very disappointing in some respects yeah yeah it definitely was a poor performance and that's why people post game were so keen to, to you know and that's what fans do don't they they try and find reasons for for defeats yeah you know the most boring answer is that, and again, kind of watching the Liverpool game today, is that you know even the best teams can't perform every single week. No, you said that, yeah. Um, and you know, there's a little bit about you know we're still five unbeaten, you know, still a point. It's something. Yeah, it's a lot of positive still. I it's don't... been a good week, but yes, yeah, I think the I think you know I'd love to you know almost that play that game again, you know. Cheat on football manager, keep playing <laughs> football manager today. Um, and you know, try with Doc T midfield um, and yeah. play up front. You know, we don't know what would have happened if we played that formation. It might have been the same, might have been worse. But I think that's fans tried to think of a solution, don't they, to the issues on the game. And that's what most people kind of went came up with. Yeah, just that pace. I mean, you saw how frightened good league one defenders of Doncaster were, were frightened of Faye and, and Campbell on Tuesday night. Their pace was frightening to them and, and, it, it, gives, and it pushed them back. And it, yeah. Yeah, and it gives Doherty and the midfielders something to tie target when they've got those two moving exactly. around all the time exactly so that's interesting there we go so um, yeah just before we go on to, to, to the three-word match reports I did do a bit of a vote last night because I saw people talking about corners and oh you know, god talk, that scored <laughs> that famous corner um, that went a bit little, kind of mini viral with Norburn reading the note before he swung it in a corner and we scored a few corners um, from Norburn um, fr- um, corner taken um, and I did a vote and 180 150 people voted and 84% said Norburn rather than Wally taking corners 
corners and he took a few disastrous corners you know he's not even going <laughs> past the first man again and it's just an, a little area of contention isn't it I the, the last kick of the game was a corner wasn't it which we had yeah. and it was front post cleared away headed away front post first man and I just thought that and I, I think I put a video on on Twitter and said that, you know this is our chance to win the game and this is what Wally's got in his locker in terms of corners I, I, I wouldn't vote for Norbert and I'd vote for anyone else but not, not with Wally at the moment he's he's really just not finding his range with them um, and yeah he took some really poor corners on Saturday which was very frustrating so I'd, I'd agree with the general consensus there what Norburn but I'd, I've even seen I think it's Lauren or um, I don't know Edwards can probably take a better corner someone said Arnold <laughs> maybe not that far with his no. kicking but um, yeah but yeah anyone but anyone but Wally at the moment I think we should just mix it up and see what happens apparently he didn't take all of them on Saturday though I think someone took a couple of them from the one side but um I don't know. I can't remember everything about the game now. It's been 24 hours, Ollie. Um, but there we go. So, yeah, in terms of Wimbledon, we're not going to drag that on. They were terrible. No, they They're were almost terrible. certainly going to get relegated and they haven't got any players that stand out. So that's easy enough. But in terms of our team, um, should we do the top threes? What was your top three, yep. Ollie? I went for Waterville first. I thought he had another excellent game. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Marsh in defence. Um, I went Campbell um, um, second. I thought his runs off the ball was excellent, and mm-hmm. he created the you know the biggest threat for us going forward. And then I um, fair play to Norburn. You know, about three yep. four weeks ago, three four podcasts ago, we gave Norburn some bit of stick. Um, but you know, in the last few games, he was you know put a kind of you know he's really kind of set the tempo in yeah. terms of pressing, and he did that again. And some of his distribution and passing and decision making in the game um, was excellent. So yeah, fair play to Norburn and came in and kind of covered for Grant. And some of you were saying that we missed Grant. I don't know. I thought Norburn played well enough, and I don't think it was our defensive or distribution from that kind of area that was kind of the issue. I thought it was you know issues a bit further out in terms of final decision making. I don't know. Maybe there's an argument that we did miss Grant. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I think he's a good he's a good player and we will we'll always miss him. But I think actually Saturday showed that against poorer teams in this division we can get away without him. You know, we did yeah. well enough in that position, so that's fine. I mean the defence all played really well, all three of those um centre backs I thought were really good again. But uh, in terms of waterfall, he was really, really impressive and I gave him third place. But I wanted to give Bolton some credit this week because he slotted in, in an unfamiliar position in the left hand side of the centre backs and he's been part of this, you know, run of games where we haven't lost. He's not looked out of place, he's just looked calm and composed the whole time, considering he is a right back. And I thought, you know, again on Saturday, he did everything he needed to do. He was good on the floor when they attacked us. He like waterfall, he headed everything away. Um I thought he was fantastic. So I gave him man of the match to be honest with you. And then um I've gone for Norburn in second place, like you just mentioned. He definitely had one of his better games on Saturday for us. I think he's again starting to improve a little bit as the season goes on and we're seeing a little bit more midfield sort of generalship from him. He's certainly not afraid to put a foot in and he's almost gonna certainly gonna get more red cards as the season goes on and into next year. But I don't mind that. As if as long as he can control the aggression a little bit and, and be that driving force it, it's good so um yeah I, I think that was a fair fair pick really cool cool so then to finish it off um three word match report so um sam with five and beaten um it's a good point uh, mm-hmm. cal smith of a wasted opportunity and it certainly felt like that um liz was a little bit stronger of another shit ref um, <laughs> and keith alexander with poor team selection um so um then what did sam ricketts have to say he was really pleased with performance control mm. of the ball disappointed we didn't win we had chances and should have had a pound um, and one million percent, which is a new one. Yeah, that's um, his quote, isn't it? Now we're going to yeah, be picking up on that. One million percent, man. Um, and their player admitted it, so that's something we mentioned already. Stoppage time. Williams run across him, and it seems that's then it's down to interpretation of the rule. You can understand that one. Four changes. Haynes not injured, and he played a team to win the game. Rotated to keep everyone fresh. 
Um, and he thought that Edwards did well. So mm, I don't know if you had yeah. any comments on that game, Louis. And the two games? Two two comments really was. I, you know, I wouldn't have said I was pleased with that performance. Um, he's a football manager. He's going to back his players. But as a fan, I wasn't overly pleased with that performance. And, uh, you know, it's it's unfair to be too harsh with everything that's gone on now in this, this sort of return to form and in terms of getting seven points from nine. But, yeah, I didn't think it was a good performance. I didn't think it was a good game. And um, I wouldn't quite agree with that. Although he's fair on, on, the, on the Williams one. I think it's fair enough for him to admit he can understand it. Um, and... Going back to the thing we started this whole game on rotation, it's here to stay. You know, Lewis Cox has asked the question, you know, in one of the pre-match presses, and he's always, as you say, they're going to pick a team that he thinks will win the game. So I think that we're going to see him stick with it. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how, as an inexperienced manager, that's his theory, whether that's going to work or not over the long term, really, for him at this football club. And I think it's, it's will he always stick to his principles or will, if, when it's going wrong, will he, will he do something different? It'll be interesting to see how that goes for going forward, Ollie. Yeah, it will, it will. And and that's why kind of the context of the, the two games, you know, he made four changes on Tuesday, we won. Yep. Four changes on Saturday, we drew. But in the context of the week, you know, we're still, I'd say, you know, I'm pleased with the, the kind of the points we picked up this week. Um, it takes us to 17th in the league. There's a three-point gap between us now and Bristol Rovers. Um, I'd say definitely that the teams in the relegation battle has increased. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before the last pod we were talking about, you know, there's a gap, probably Scunthorpe down, we're in the relegation fight. Now I'd say South End to a 13th with 41 points. Um, Accrington, Plymouth, Scunthorpe, Shrewsbury, Gillingham, Oxford, Warsaw, um, Bristol Rovers, Rochdale, Bradford and Wimbledon are in the relegation battle. Definitely, yeah. And South End is an interesting one. I watched some of that game on Sky on Saturday before I went up to the Meadow and they were playing Barnsley at home. Barnsley, they were, yeah. And Barnsley went down to 10 men and still battered South End and they didn't look very Barnsley, good at all. good. It just yeah. puts into context that win we had at home yeah, good yeah. three points that was true enough. It's gonna it's gonna look like the league result of the season to be honest with you at the end of the year. I think so. Um, it's got well we've, unless we smash Walsall at the end of the year and send them down, that would be a better one. But that's that really, I suppose. Yeah. So I think you've summed it up well there. It's, it's positives with it with a tinge of disappointment, but um, yeah. we'll move on to stand up news. It was the Shrewsbury colours that were flying high from the mast though as they grabbed two goals in the last twelve minutes. The first was down to Hereford's John Brough, an own goal. So stand-up news, and the news that everyone's waited 11 years for, the, the news that I, I can't still believe, I've still got a pinch of myself already, someone has installed toilet seats at the, at the New Meadow, it's absolutely someone amazing. Someone them what they've come in in the night. <laughs> well, yeah, it was no, I, I, to be fair, through the sports parliament, I was aware that this was going forward and that the, the issue was finally being resolved, but even I didn't know that it was going to be done for Saturday. But I, I just think, you know, in terms of the poster boy of the problems with the new stadium that made it feel like when we first moved there, it wasn't fully designed for football fans of a modern era, it was always the poster boy. And it's interesting that of all the issues that Brian solved off the pitch, and there are a myriad of issues that we've sorted out in the last two years. It's fantastic, really. And one of the things that we should do at the end of the season is have a podcast with Brian and the supporters parliament and go through everything that's happened off the pitch, from training grounds to different catering to taking on the community hub, taking on the pitches to fixing the leak above my seat, Ollie, from toilet seats, everything. You know, it, this football club has actually revolutionised quite a lot of the off-field stuff, um, despite the fact we've had a com- completely difficult season on it. So I think we should do that, really, and I, I think it's something the club would probably be worth for. I, I asked the SP and they'd be up for it. But yeah, I think it was always the poster boy of the issues, and to have it sorted, it just is a, a kind of big thing for a lot of fans, really, and especially for people with families and, you know, wanting to take your kids there. It's never been a nice thing to and do. So taking wise girlfriends yeah, and, and lots of games as well. Exactly, it's opening it up a little bit. So I, everyone's always kind of joked about it, but it has been a serious issue to a lot of people, and it's finally resolved. So, yeah, it's, it is big news. Maybe the biggest news we've had all season, that and safe standing. So <laughs> there we go. But the other, the other good news, really, was that this came up at the Sports Parliament as well, was... Um, 
that um, we, we were having the sports parliament and Brian occasionally was asking for people to vote on things such as what requirements that each of these season tickets holders should get in terms of tickets for big cup games because obviously there was a lot of controversy about that this season so we were taking votes on things and then we got to Brian starting to talk about the season ticket prices and he was talking about thinking well I'm thinking about you know my main drive here is to free season ticket prices I think that's fair but you know just wanted to know what people would think and there was a bit of chantering and I just shouted from the back take a vote Brian and he sort of laughed and he went well yeah we'll take a vote and <laughs> every single person there said free season ticket prices so there we go I'm not claiming benefit for it Ollie but it was quite funny at the time but yeah I think that Brian had and, and the club had minded to freeze the tickets and I think that's fair after what's gone on this season I think it's fair on the, the amount of money we pay to go and watch football week on week in week out I think um, so it's good news and I think it should help us again try and grow those season ticket numbers which are up well over 3,000 now yeah no it's good result it's good for the fans to, to kind of be frozen it was quite funny actually someone um, tweeted saying that um, yeah but the season tickets are still more expensive than AC Milan um, but that's <laughs> just the, the football world we live in and that's the cost of the season ticket and fair play for them keeping it um, keeping it flat yeah. obviously we get a lot of games for that and, and I, I do also agree obviously as a season ticket holder but um, you know, to get the benefits but that's part of the reason why I also want to buy I'm keen to buy a season ticket is to get those you know the early you know the extra ticket or the mm. the early um early availability of tickets so yeah good news from the club another another good story off the pitch yeah and, and the last thing I was going to mention is obviously I said about my injury at the start of the, the podcast this week but um, I missed the Dave Edwards uh, and Community Hub opening this week Ollie oh yeah I went there on Tuesday and me and Phil went for a birthday pint um, and oh, before nice. the game and it was really good it was you know we got served fairly quickly um, but yeah it was nice to go in there and it was good to see a few of the um, few of the, the bits and it was nice because you have a pint and then you just walk literally a few steps around the corner into the ground yeah I, I was going to get back onto Dave interesting in a minute but it's completely fair to point out and actually they implemented a lot of changes at the bar on Saturday so they've now got an outdoor bottle bar to relieve some of the pressure that the, the tills they've got two tills they had another member of staff working and, and I believe the feedback from Smithy's bar on Saturday where it was almost full again was much more positive than it had been when I had that sort of rough experience with the, with the home game before last so they've even taken on feedback from that as well but the launch thing was where the Dave Edwards Q&A thing was there and I say my dad and my brother went and they had a fantastic night there was a, a sort of a football card to raise money for getting the fan zone down um, by the bar for next season so some hard standing and stuff and I think they raised a bit of money for that and it's one of those things you could pick a number a pair of fiver and you had a chance of winning some shirts some shine shirts um, or some other prizes money off football coaching and stuff like that and so my brother had a go for me and a go for him and he won a Yaddo Mambo shirt and I won a signed Scott Vernon shirt which is going to take pride of place in my house now Ollie um, because Scott Vernon was such an amazing player but it's just nice to have won some bit of memorabilia for a fiver so there's going to be things like that going on all the time at Smithies to raise money for different things to improve it so it was good but yeah the, the Q&A was fantastic apparently and I think if they do more events like that we should support it as fans um, Dave Edwards was, was fantastic speaker spoke really highly of um, Ollie Norburn which was interesting one of the main things my dad took away from it he said he's a real player someone that we should be very lucky to have so yeah there we go that was good um, and also it was really well compared by Stu Dunn so I think yeah I, I'll leave it there really just to, to give the credit to give the football club the community team and the sports parliament some real praise for organising an event like that that we really haven't had anything like that for a long time so more more of that please yeah it goes on to what you were saying before about kind of the you know, work that the club has been doing off the pitch and you know the the pre-match um, you know obviously when Shrewsbury was in the town we had the benefits of all the pubs and stuff yeah. in the ground in the town and obviously the club has been working um, hard to kind of um, improve the, the, the match experience so yeah that was, that was good it's um, good it was good to see and so yeah we'll go on to predictions we both got Wimbledon wrong because we went for us to win so that was awful again um, but yeah we've obviously got Rochdale away next Saturday so I'm going to Rochdale away next week I'm taking my yeah, lad I think I am as well which should be a good experience um, I think I've got a few friends going up I'm going to meet as well and obviously you as well Oddie so 
Should be a fun away trip. And and obviously they're not very good, so we can go there with a bit of hope as well. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed it would be better than the last time because last time was a horrendous um, <laughs> it was. Um, experience. Yeah, hopefully. And, I, and I, you know, I'm going to go there with some positivity and think, I think we'll get a point at least. So I'm going to go for us to draw, which I think would be decent enough. Um, I'll go for us to draw 1-1. One, one. Cool. Um, I'm gonna go for a two-one win for Shrewsbury Town. Oh yes, that'd be fine. Yeah, it'd be nice to put the, the ghost of last season behind us, like you said before. You know, with the one of those real kicks in the teeth, wasn't it, towards our promotion chances? But um, we owe them one, don't we? Really? But yeah, they've not been great, have they? So fingers crossed, we can go and get a win there, and, and that'll be good. So we'll be back next Sunday, just the one game to cover. Um, see if we can get a guest on, maybe. Yeah, Ollie, get a guest on, yeah. Fresh air again. Um, and yeah, thanks for all the positive feedback actually on the last few weeks of podcasts. We should just mention that due to some some good podcasts that we had during um, February, but also your special as well, Ollie, that we broke our record for listens in February. Um, I think it was over three thousand in the end, which was which was a much um, improved number on what we got. And yeah, again, we're just seeing some good growth in the podcast. And again, just a feedback to. Pass on our thanks to everyone that's been listening this last few months as well. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really good. Yep, no, thanks everyone for listening. We do um, really appreciate the comments and um, yeah, uh, not that we don't we love hearing the sound of our own voices. <laughs> I think we carry on, but it's nice. I think that you know when we're doing the podcast, people are enjoying it and it's nice. To, yeah, people say thanks and stuff at the games and yeah, we just enjoy it as you can tell. You know, we love love talking about football and yeah, we always love people's comments. So yeah, please join the debate and yeah, send us ideas or thoughts and yeah, it's been a lot of ideas, isn't there, about extra podcasts which we're considering so yeah yeah, yeah. We, we love all the interaction it's brilliant and yeah um it's a yeah it's a good community so thank you very much guys we, we appreciate it's good. it we're definitely going to do an interview with a player before this year yeah. is out ollie that is our number one mission now so yeah. we'll have to see what happens with that but yes cheers for listening guys and we shall catch you after three points at rochdale next week cool cheers guys oh!